0: Welcome back to His Light and Life. We'll continue our discussion on the abyss. Black holes and bottomless pits have affectionately named this area. I left off last time talking about, you know, the idea, the concept is very simple about, you know, know your enemy. And we've been sort of laying a foundation of what that enemy is and why it's here. Well, actually, what the enemy is, and now we're going to talk a little bit more about why it's here. Um, if you understand, um, I want you to picture for, for a second, a very, you know, in a, <clears throat> what would be good? A good example would be, let's say like a, um, a place where they study viruses, a virology lab where you have, um, dangerous viruses. I saw a show one time and it showed there was these different levels. There was like a level one, level two, and then there was a at the very back of this place in the, you know, with the highest strictest standards, there was this final level and the protocols. And I call that the safety protocol, God's safety protocol. Um, he needed a safety protocol and he had a brilliant one. So in this, um, in this show, when you got to the final level, there was all kinds of safety protocols in place to ensure that what was in there wasn't going to get out, and when when you when you break it down and you look at God's creation and then the reforming of the earth, He's going to engage in the most dangerous, potentially dangerous experiment that ever took place. I use the term experiment because. And I use it in a, in a way that we can understand it. That's not really what was in, he was engaged in, but that's how it came that's how he dealt with it. Sin, the law of sin and death is on this earth. okay? So God has two choices. First of all, he can just obliterate the earth, completely obliterate the earth. Now you have to understand the law of sin and death at this point has wiped out all life off of this earth. There's no light here. It's not, it's worth it. It's formless and void. Remember we talked about that? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless, void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. I'm not going to get into it heavily right now, but if you look at that creation, go back and read the Genesis reforming story in Genesis 1, and take it through, and you'll notice that on the fourth day, the fourth day, is when you see the sun and the moon. Um, so. It was dark. So I want you to see. That this earth was formless. And void. And darkness was over the face of the deep. That cataclysmic event. That had taken place. Was so dramatic. That the earth was completely dark. When we talk about. All of the millions of years that passed in fossil fuel being developed and all of those things. And we, know, we do not know how long it took for life on this earth to be wiped out completely. But, and for the mountains to be crashed together and the continents to sub, we, But we do know that it happened in darkness. Complete and total darkness. And Lucifer and his angels, he's Satan now, and his angels, a third of the angels of heaven, they're here now. And they are, they are the kings of ruin. They're the kings of ruin. This earth now, their great coup attempt to take over heaven and to be seated above the Most High and have him serve them and all of the things that they had planned, what they find themselves the rulers of is a black ball that's spiraling through an orbit in complete total darkness and they're incapable of doing anything about it. Absolutely incapable of doing anything about it. Because there's something that Lucifer didn't understand, and it's the same thing that Adam and Eve didn't understand. Adam and Adam, Adam male and Adam female didn't understand, is they didn't understand that when they rebelled, they thought they were going to be adding the knowledge of good and evil to everything they had. Lucifer thought he was going to be adding the throne to everything that he had. Because like in the garden, Lucifer didn't understand that all of the perfection that he knew, all of the rank that he had, all of the position that he occupied was all a gift. It didn't inherently belong to him. It was the glory that was upon him. And that glory, that's the same glory they realized they were naked in the garden. They hid themselves because they were naked because the glory was off of them as well. That glory was gone. And Lucifer found himself not only the king of ruin, but he found himself with all of the graces and all of the abilities and all of the rank and all of the things that he had looked at himself with. They're all gone. And this earth that he had been put as the anointed head over is ruined. And there he is. And there's the fallen angels. And they are the kings of ruin, a ball that is spinning in darkness for who knows how long. And something is here as well with them. And that's called the law of sin and death. God reforms the earth. Makes a, puts a, plants a garden east of Eden, puts man in it. But you know what was still here? The law of sin and death. The law of sin and death was bordered outside of the outside of the the, the, the confines of where they were. It was still here upon this earth but it was held back by grace. It was held back by grace. Adam and Eve were were not susceptible to it. Adam and Eve had no contact with it. Adam and Eve couldn't, couldn't tell that it was there. They had no concept of evil at all because they had not rebelled. They had not sinned. The glory and the grace of God was upon them. The evil was there, but they were protected from it. Now, the question comes to mind immediately, why was the evil there at all? Why was the evil there at all? Well, I want you to think for a second. We talked about that room in, the, in a virology lab, in their safety protocols, and the law of sin and death. You have to understand, God did not create it. He did not originate it, but he used it. Not responsible for it, but it was there. And how would the law of sin and death be used? The law of sin and death was his safety protocol. Because now he creates man, and he puts man in the garden, and he gives him a simple task to stay in union with him. He fails in that simple task, and he rebels. That rebellion would be in every single one of his children. That rebellion would have far reaching consequences. And God can't kill. God can't kill anything. He lifts his grace, gifts, and glory. Off of Adam and Adam male and female and what begins at that moment the safety protocol what safety protocol begins to go into motion the law of sin and death it's already here God doesn't have to lift a finger the process of wiping out all life that was on this planet when Lucifer rebelled That mechanism was already here now. God simply takes his grace, takes his glory and gifts back from Adam, leaves Adam. What did he say? On the day that you eat, you shall surely die. The word die doesn't mean cease to exist or end of life. It means you'll be cut off from me. The word means separate. You take the word death, it means to be separated. When someone dies, their spirit separates from their body. And the body decays. God said, you'll be separate from me. So you're separate from me. That means you're separate from my glory. You're separate from my grace. And you're separated from my gifts. You're cut off. Guess what's here? Guess what's already on the earth? The law of sin and death that law of sin and death will begin to do exactly what it did the first time when Lucifer rebelled, wipe out every speck of life on this planet. Every single speck of planet, uh, every single speck of life on this planet will be wiped out. Now, the Bible personifies it in two different places. Sin is personified in two different places, capitalized in the book of Romans And it's capitalized in the story with Cain. Remember, Cain brought an offering unto the Lord and God accepted not as it rejected him and his offering, didn't accept them. And he says to Cain, he says, why are thou, you know, and Cain was angry and wrath. He says, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do what is right, you know it'll be good for you. If you don't, if you don't, sin waits at the door. Now, I want you to see something that even in that time, there was a way, there was a mechanism in place where man could still be protected on a slight level, on a, on a, on a, on a basic level from the law of sin and death. And that was Abril brought unto the Lord, a sacrifice of the, of his herd the fat thereof, the fatlings there. Remember, he brought onto the Lord a, a sacrifice unto God. And that's what God is saying to Cain. Why are you why are you angry? Why are you wroth? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do what is good, if you do what is right, it'll be fine with you. It'll go good for you. If you don't, so that means that there was something that Cain could have done that would have been because he said, if you don't, sin waits at the door. So if he did, then he would be somehow protected from that sin. And the sin there that's referred is a capital S sin waits at the door. And what it literally means, it's like, um, it, I believe it's Dr. Weiss or Clark or one of them that uh, I read it 20 some years ago and I've never forgotten. It was, it's a powerful, powerful truth. What it means is, the perfect analogy is like a family or a, or a person who's held up in a cabin and there's no food. I want you to picture there's no food and there's a pack of wolves that found that know someone's in there and these wolves are just starving. They are starving and they hear somebody inside this cabin. And they come to the door right where the door opens and they're right low, close to the ground. And they're just staring at the crack in the door and they're waiting for that door to open. And the second it opens, they're going to come lunging through it. That's exactly what the words mean when, when the father, or when God said to uh, God said to Cain, he says, um, if you don't sin waits at the door, Its sin crouches at the door, and its desire is for you. That sin that's talked about there, that is the law of sin and death. And it's interesting to note that only in those two places it's capitalized. It's capitalized because God personifies it. It doesn't mean that it is a person, and this is where things get very, very deep. We started off early on in this podcast, and we were talking about this concept of mother nature and sort of the personifying some of these laws and characters that aren't really people, but they have personality-like characteristics. That means there's things about them that sort of seem to respond in a personality, like a person would, but there's no actual thinking, you know, willing mechanism behind them. And the law of sin and death is very much that way. The law of sin and death, it is is a law that like gravity holds everything down, the law of sin and death drags everything to death. It's like a ripping thing that is pulling everything away from life. It's pulling everything away from light. That's why I use the term the abyss. Black holes and bottomless pits. Light particles cannot even escape a black hole in space. They're brought in and crushed. And the law of sin and death is a relentless 24 hours, 7 days a week, 365 days a year presence on this earth. It is as real, as consistent, and as present as gravity. And it is dragging everything to ruin. It pulls everything downward. If you want to tell me that you believe in evolution, then you just told me that you found something. That there is a, there's a mindless, thoughtless, powerless organism or entity or law on this earth greater than the law of sin and death. Because in order for something to evolve from a lower state to a higher state, you have to do two things. You have to, first of all, violate the second law of thermodynamics, which we know is not possible. The only way that can be done is to be acted upon in a temporary form. In other words, a a steak in your freezer will stay, if if you freeze it and keep it in that frozen state, you can add the law of electricity and the law of a motor compressor and you can therefore supersede the law of sin and death the law of entropy the law of degradation but the second you unplug that fridge from that, the from the socket in the wall that law is right there it doesn't it's crouching at the door do you see that it's crouching at the door the whole time it's always there it's always waiting. There's a certain circumstance right now that is happening that is preventing it from manifesting itself, but it's always there. And it drags everything down, okay? And it moves through this process and human beings, they know it from sick, they know it from sin to sickness to death. If you say this to a doctor, how did this person die? They'd say no one has ever, no doctors ever said this doctor died of sin, or I mean, this patient died from sin. But they did. When Lucifer rebelled, he released into this earth the law of sin and death. When Adam and Adam, male and female, rebelled, they released the law of sin and death into the, this earth a second time. It was here, but it didn't have access because of the light. Remember in the beginning, God said, separated the light from the darkness. It was here. It was here the whole time. But it was being superseded and overcome. It was being held back by the glory of God. God revisited this earth and overrode the law of sin and death on this planet. And he restored everything. He took everything from a state of chaos to a state of order. The exact opposite of the law of sin and death, which takes everything from order to a state of disorder. God intervenes and and he reverses by his power and his authority, he renews the earth and he puts Adam in there and he puts him in the garden and he's going to occupy a role of stewardship dominion on this earth that was conditional based upon his obedience to a probationary rule. If he didn't keep that rule, God said, you'll be separated from me. Being separated from me means you're going to be on this earth. You're going to be without my grace, without my glory, without my giftings. And you will be naked in front of the law of sin and death. And it will do to you what it has done to everything else. I'm paraphrasing. This is not what God said in the word i'm paraphrasing what the outcomes will be now understand adam didn't understand the full scope of those outcomes and he didn't need to all he needed to understand was don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil he does the law of sin and death is now released into the earth god still in his mercy ways makes a way of protection and that way of protection is a sacrifice and the sacrifice of an animal and that animal being brought to the gate the eastern gate of the garden of eden would mean that the law of sin and death that was a temporary it was a moderated it was a it was a it was a protection from the glory by the glory of god based upon the substitutionary death of this animal now we want you to see right there how god into place our ultimate deliverance from the law of sin and death, from its power. And we're going to get to that as we move through a little further. But today I wanted you to see that the law of sin and death was here on this earth. God's grace, glory, and giftings kept man from them, from it, until he rebelled. That the law of sin and death is not a person, though it exercises or manifests in a way that could be looked upon as a personality-like system. I want to thank you for joining me today on this His Light in Life. We're still on the subject of the abyss, black holes and bottomless pits, and we're going to pick it up here next time. Thank you for listening to His Light and Life. Do you have questions or want to speak with Mark? Please reach out using the email in the description. We'll see you next time on His Light and Life.